Sermon 36 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin, translated by Arthur Golding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Have not to do with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather rebuke them. For, as for the things which they do in secret, it is a shame even to name them. But all things are laid open when they be rebuked by the light, for the light is it that lays all things open. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will enlighten thee. We have seen this morning that although there be many things in the world to turn us away from the serving of God, yet must we not therefore swerve, as though that might serve us for an excuse. For there have been stumbling blocks in the world at all times, but the remedy for them is this doctrine, that is to wit, that God's children must stand upon their guard, that they corrupt not themselves by accompanying with the unbelievers, because God hath shoaled them asunder. And it is not enough for us not to be drunkards, whoremongers, thieves, or murderers, but we must also shun all manner of evil, wheresoever it be. Indeed, we ought to begin always at ourselves, for hypocrites will always spy a mote in their neighbor's eye, and yet bear a great stone in their own, without feeling it. But if we will be right and sound judges, let every man examine himself, and begin there in condemning vices. Let us consider well whether we ourselves be faulty or no, that we may first and foremost make our own indictment before God by hating the evil that is in ourselves. Howbeit, we must also show therewithal that we love God better than the world, and not maintain ourselves in favour and friendship of the wicked, by folding them in their faults and by flattering them. And for that cause St. Paul addeth that we must rather even rebuke the works which can bring nothing but utter curseness. And this serveth not only to show the zeal which we have that God should be honoured, but also to withdraw silly souls that are in the way to destruction, and to bring them back again into the way of salvation. Lo, here two causes which ought to move us to reprove evil. The one is that it must irk us to see God offended, and men provoke his wrath by overthrowing the order that he hath set. Seeing then that God is by that means despised and his word trodden under foot, it ought to grieve us according to the psalm where it is said that we ought to receive to ourselves the reproaches that are offered to God. Also we ought of duty to have a care of those that are redeemed with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we see the souls go to damnation which did cost God so dear and make no reckoning of it, it is a scorning of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even for that cause also doth St. Paul tell us that inasmuch as we be separated from evil, to the intent we should not be companions of such as despise God, nor in any wise be like them, we must to the uttermost of our power show that we hate them, to the end that they, being by that means ashamed of their lewdness, may be touched with repentance. If we have once profited so far, it shall be a great gain to have drawn back a wretched soul that was in the way to destruction." And after the same manner speaketh St. James of it, exhorting us to do it, saying, The thing that you shall gain by it is that you shall save a soul from losing. And although men be hardened in their sins, yet is it to great purpose for us to show the zeal that we have of honouring God, and that his word should not be so impeached, nor the order broken which he hath set, without declaring that the same displeaseth us. For if a man will be known to be a good and faithful subject, he will not suffer any man to speak evil of his prince without setting of himself against him. Likewise, that child shall be taken for unkind and unhonest, which heareth his father wrongfully blamed and defaced, and maintaineth not his honour or honesty. Now is not God our sovereign prince? Yes, and although we be but wretched worms of the earth and vile carrions, yet doth he the honour unto us to adopt us for his children. 
Now then, if wicked and heathenish folk deface his majesty and darken his righteousness, yea, and endeavour to pluck his dominion from him, and we dissemble at it, is it not too excessive and intolerable a lewdness? Therefore let us mark well what is told us here, for it standeth us so much the more on hand to mark this text, because this vice hath reigned in the world in all ages, namely that, according as every man is more or less desirous to be flattered, so doth he the easier bear with other men, not after the manner which we have seen heretofore, which is that we ought to have compassion of such as are weak, and to use patience towards them, but clean contrariwise, that is to wit, that we be contented to feed the evil, and to enter continually into a willing confederacy together, and to the intent that other men should not sift us too narrowly in our vices, but let us alone to do what we list, we give every man leave to take liberty to himself." and that is the cause why all things are out of order nowadays in the world. Again, we be loath to provoke any man's displeasure against us, insomuch that we had liever betray God, and to betray our neighbours both body and soul, than to use the liberty that God's Spirit commandeth us. We see a wretched man play the nautipack, let him follow his own swinge, say we, it makes no matter to us. And why? For we will not discontent him. Again, we see other some pervert all order of justice and infect the whole people and country, and we pass it over easily without speaking against it. And why? Oh, I will not bring myself in displeasure with a man of authority. Let somebody lead the dance, and I will willingly say amen to it, and if he were hanged on a gibbet a while, he had but his desert. But no, God have mercy to me in the meanwhile. For why? I will not go put myself in any hazard for the matter. Thus are vices passed over nowadays, but yet will not God give over his right for all that? For the said sentence shall stand inviolable on his behalf, and according to the same shall we be condemned as full of treason, that is to wit, we shall be held for companions of the wicked, if we play the blind and deaf beasts, when we should restrain naughtiness by setting of ourselves against it, and, as much as in us lieth, do suffer God's honour to be so abased, as all honesty is overthrown, and we say nothing to it. Therefore ought we to be the more attentive to this warning to rebuke evil, and, as I said afore, by showing to the uttermost of our power that we mislike of it, and also by being diligent to let it, if it lie in our power to do it. If every man employed himself after this sort, surely we should see another manner of soundness in the world. For what is the cause that God's name is so much blasphemed? It is for that the blasphemies are cloaked, and every man had lever to defile himself with other men's lewdness, than to purchase any disfavour or misliking, as they say. In like case is it with drunkenness, lechery, robbery, and all extortions and wanton doings that are committed. But had we the zeal that is commanded us here by St. Paul, surely we should be much more courageous and stout in rebuking such as do amiss. On the other side also we show ourselves to have no love nor kindness among us when we suffer good men to be trampled under foot and misused, for we ought to reach them our hand, Again, men's souls go to destruction, and we remedy it not, though God have done us the grace to place us in his stead, in that office of saving the things that were in the way to be lost and damned. Now St. Paul, having spoken so, addeth to confirm the same doctrine, and to quicken up the slothfulness that is in us, that the cause why the unbelievers take liberty to do such evil, even as they be ashamed to speak of, is for that they can hide themselves from men. And why? For they have no fear of God, and therefore they take themselves to be well hidden. When a thief perceives nobody near him, he rifleth cupboards, he breaks open doors, he filcheth, he catcheth, and carrieth away. Very well, because he cannot yet be convicted before a judge, he bears himself on hand that he has escaped quite and clean. 
If a robber or a murderer get into some blind nook, he think himself well hidden, and if he find a man astray, he pulls him to him, and strips him, and woundeth him, yea, and cuts his throat too, if he cannot otherwise master him, and he thinks himself well escaped, because no man sees him. In like case is it with all other deeds, for we be more ashamed of men than afraid of God. The scripture cries out that all our thoughts must come to account, and that not only our wicked deeds shall be punished, but also even the things that we thought to have been buried. For at the last day the books shall be laid open, that is to say, nothing shall be forgotten except we have obtained this grace that is promised in the psalm, namely that God forgiveth our sins. And that is not done without repentance. But they that are enhardened to all evil do but make a mock of it, so they be not put to shame for it before men. Let God do what he will. For they be grown so brutish that they cannot wake to consider what it is to harden their hearts against the sovereign majesty of God. Therefore, when the unbelievers and despisers of God get covert and lurking holes after that sort, there is so vile licentiousness among them, as a man would be ashamed to think what they do and say. But St. Paul addeth that when they be rebuked, the mischief is discovered and their liberty cut off, because it is a bridle to them not only because they be blamed for men, but also because they feel themselves to have to do with the heavenly judge, and that it is a dreadful thing to fall into his hands. To be short, St. Paul meant to show to what purpose rebuking may serve when we use it rightly and with good zeal of charity. Now I have told you already that we must not use any hypocrisy, nor justify ourselves by condemning other men. But when every of us hath well examined his own life, and hateth the vices whereto we be subject, and wherein we be wrapped, let us endeavour to bring ourselves home unto God, praying Him to strengthen us so by the power of His Holy Spirit, as we may strive to frame ourselves according to His will and righteousness. And that done, let us not flatter such as do amiss, but let us tell them freely the thing that may do them good. The prophet that will come thereof, saith St. Paul, is that God shall not be so grievously offended as we see He is, and moreover, whereas men were past shame afore, they may by that means be brought to some honesty, and whereas it seemed to them that they had leave to do all manner of evil, they shall repent themselves, and draw others to repentance with them. But much more ought this that followeth to move us. For to say that we should live in this world, and enjoy the infinite benefits that God bestowed upon us, and in the meanwhile suffer his authority to be defaced, even when it may seem that men would pluck him out of his seat by blaspheming his holy name, when men shall provoke him to anger and we let all slip must we not needs be arrant villains and traitors if we were found at some man's cost and one should rail upon him in his own house or practise to murder him or rob him of his goods or defile his wife or entice his child to naughtiness and we in the meanwhile should sit cramming of ourselves and eat of his bread and drink of his wine and to be short be fed and maintained at his charges and yet let all alone and say nothing to it should we not deserve to be stoned, and to have all men to spit in our faces? Yes, certainly, for the vice of unthankfulness shall always be condemned even among men. Now if we be so much bound unto a mortal man as to maintain his honour and honesty when we be found of his free cost, what ought we to do for our God? Are we not in his house as long as we live in this world? Have we so much as one drop of water, but only of his goodness and liberality? Behold, God hath a fatherly care of us, and yet notwithstanding we suffer his name to be blasphemed, his majesty to be bereft and spoiled of all reverence, his word to be torn in pieces, all order, 
that he hath commanded to be broken, the church, which is his wife, to be corrupted and misused, and his children to be enticed to naughtiness. And in the meanwhile we play mumboget. I would fain know of you, whether such silence do not sufficiently show that we be not worthy to eat one bit of bread, nor to be counted in the number of earthworms, lice, simies, and other of the filest and filthiest things of the world. Therefore let us think well upon it that we shall be found guilty of the despising of God's majesty, as we see, because we rebuke not men's vices. That is a cause why their wicked and heathenish sort wax the bolder and think the world to run on wheels on their side, and triumph in their despising of God after that fashion. It cometh partly of our silence. And that is the thing which St. Paul meant to show us here. It followeth, moreover, that the wretched souls whom our Lord Jesus Christ hath bought so dearly that he spared not himself to have saved them, do perish and are given into Satan's possession through our sufferance, and in the meanwhile we make none account at all of it. Now then, do we not therein beray that we have not so much as one drop of charity in us? Yes, and that is the cause why I said that in so doing we be traitors to God and to our neighbours. For when we have no better zeal towards God's name, nor better care of our neighbour's welfare, doth not the world see every way that we be full of cruelty and unkindness? Of cruelty I mean towards men, in that we suffer them to perish, even knowing it, and looking upon it, and of unkindness towards God, because we yield him not such honour as he deserveth, when we have not the courage to show that, at leastwise, we mislike that men should so derogate God's authority and the reverence which they owe to him. Therefore, whensoever we be afraid to provoke men's displeasure, or to purchase their ill-will, let us think upon the thing that is told us here, namely that we ought at leastwise to fear the Lord, whose we be, and that seeing we be fed at his cost, we must not abide to see such lewdness committed against him, without showing, as much as is possible, and to the uttermost of our power and ability, that we do utterly abhor such things, I say, as far as we can, for sometimes our mouths shall be so shut, as we shall be able to do no more but sigh and lament at such utter disorder, when men become like devils that are let loose in flinging out into furiousness against God, and they that bear the sword seek nothing but to make a confused medley, to the intent that all goodness may be forgotten. For then, as I said, we have none other remedy but to be sorry for it, according as it is said of Lot that it grieved his heart to be in Sodom. Therefore let us not forbear, but let every of us provoke himself to grief and sorrow, when we see things so out of order, and let us give record of it, as far as it may do good. Again, if there be any hope for us to win those that are so unruly, let us continually assay to draw them to repentance. Yea, let us strain ourselves to do it. For many men allege this proverb too lightly, that a man must not cast pearls among swine, and they bear themselves on hand that men are swine before they have tried what they be, though they have been of light behaviour, yea, or even loose and lawless, so as the devil hath after a sort carried them away, yet must we labour to win them again, and have good hope of it, according to St. Paul's saying, that charity hopeth well of all things. So then, until such time as men show themselves utterly wilful in evil, and that their diseases appear to be utterly uncurable, let us endeavour to be good physicians to them, by the advisements that God shall put into our mouth. And so you see what St. Paul intended in saying that the unbelievers think themselves to be hidden, when they be not perceived nor rebuked, and that when they be let go at rovers, they be as it were in the dark, and thereupon conceive the more boldness to do wickedly. But we be partly the cause of it, and we cannot wash our hands of it, for God setteth us in his room in that behalf, and giveth us his word, which hath authority to condemn evil, and yet notwithstanding all is suppressed and thrust under foot. Mark that for one point. 
but on the contrary part, when the wickedest men in the world be rebuked, then perceive they their shame, whereas before they discerned not white from black. And why? For if a man be in the dark, he seeth nothing at all, but staggereth and stumbleth, and though he be never so much bereaved, yet he perceiveth it not. Therefore, when God's word is set afore men, and we show offenders their faults with such liberty as is requisite, it is as much as if we showed them a glass, and said to them, See what thou art, thou art as foul and filthy as may be, art thou not ashamed to see thyself? Go wash thy muzzle. So then, warnings will always win thus much, howbeit not alike with all men, for, as I said afore, many are hardened, so as Satan possesseth them, and God hath given them up to such a willful, stubborn mind, that they be past all shame. Nevertheless, whensoever any faithful man doth his duty, it will always do good, and some profit will come of it, insomuch that they which were erst as wood-beasts or as wild bullocks will return, and a man shall see some honesty in them. Therefore let us win that point, if it be possible for us, or at leastwise let us strain ourselves to win it. And so you see what we have to gather upon those words of St. Paul. Now, as touching the word rebuke, it signifieth properly to discover the thing that was hid. And he allotteth this office unto preaching, according whereunto he taunteth the vainglory that reigned in the church of Corinth, for their speaking with strange tongues to the intent to be commended, and that men might say of them, This man is a great clerk, this man can speak all languages, and yet in the meanwhile there was no edifying at all. Likewise in these days, in the popedom, the organs are piping at one side, and there is chanting of foul parts on the other side, and there is such store of gewgaws that the simple people are ravished, but never a whit edified. But St. Paul saith that when we be come together in the name of God, we must endeavour to fare the better by it. And how may that be? It is, saith he, when good men, and such as are already inured to fear and serve God, are edified by his word. And not only that, but also if an unbeliever comes in, which was erst a mocker, and never had any remorse of conscience, and hear what is uttered in the name of God, that is to wit, that we cannot escape God's hand, but must needs come before the judgment seat of our Lord Jesus Christ, and how dearly Jesus Christ hath paid for us, and what a traitorousness it is for us to make the sacrifice of his death and passion unavailable. I say, when an unbeliever hears all this, and that we be exhorted to fear God, and stirred up to love him for the infinite grace which he uttereth towards us, although he were erst a brute beast, saith St. Paul, yet shall he enter into himself and be rebuked. For he useth there the same word which he useth here, the meaning whereof is that whereas his conscience was as good as dead afore, and he in a manner brutish, he was enforced to enter into examination of himself, and to be ashamed, so as he could not but give glory unto God. Not that this befalleth to all indifferently, but we see that a number of folk which were gone astray, and had forgotten God, and had no regard at all of their own soul health, shall be so touched at one sermon that they appear to be changed all their life after. Now look what is done in common assembly, the same ought every man to practice by himself. For we be not here to the intent that every man should profit himself only, but to the intent we should also teach one another with mutual instruction. After that manner must we rebuke offenders, to the end they may take no more liberty to mock God after that fashion, nor to shake off his yoke and to wander into all naughtiness. And that is in effect the thing that St. Paul intended to show us here. Now, to confirm this doctrine the better, he addeth yet one other reason. It is the light, saith he, that layeth all things open. Heretofore he told us that when we be once enlightened by God's spirit and gospel, we must be as lamps to give light into the world. 
for we have the word of life, which serveth not only to guide us, but also to draw them into the right way, which have gone astray. Going forward herewithal, he saith, that it is the nature and property of light to discover, and therefore, when we suffer naughtiness to nestle and to grow still deeper and deeper into other mother, we show well that we be neither light nor children of the light, that is to say that we belong not a whit neither to God nor to Jesus Christ. To be short, St. Paul meaneth that we cannot give any proof of our Christianity, nor of our faith, but by hating and abhorring of evil, as much as is possible, that it may not have his full course and sway. But now let us think upon ourselves again, for, as I said, there is none of us all which is not faulty in fearing men more than God, and in winking at others, to the end that they should wink at us, and not be inquisitive of our doings, lo how we betray one another by our silence. But there is yet another vice that is worse, and further cut off the square, namely that besides our dissembling we do also help to feed the evil. And so by that means whoredom hath his full scope, because every man and woman plays the board. Whereas I say every one, I mean that most men and women nowadays do wink at all manner of lewdness and misorder, and stop their ears at the things which they might well hear, and every man seeks to conceal his fellow's lewdness, men of men's and women of women's. They might remedy a great sort of enormities that are committed, but they will rather go and beray their gowns and coats with other folks' dung and filthiness than discover their vices. To be short, everybody plays the board, in effect, by concealing his neighbour's vice to the end that the other should do as much for him. In like case is it with all other sins, yet notwithstanding, as I said afore, God hath not spoken this in vain, but we shall one day feel the execution of the sentence which he speaketh here by his apostle, and then will it be too late to forethink us of that which we will not know now. But let such as fear God learn and remember how it is said here, that God's enlightening of us is to the end that every of us should examine himself, and not be as blind wretches groping in the dark, which stumble on the one side, and run against things on the other, but that we should know the way of salvation, and moreover teach other men also by discovering the evil that lay hidden, to the end that such as have turned their backs upon God, were well appeared to have been in darkness still, may understand that they must be fain to come to the light whatsoever come of it. The very way, therefore, for us to show indeed and in good earnest that we belong to God and are enlightened by His Holy Spirit and by His Word, is to discover things that should else, as it were, lie lurking a long time, if we drew them not forth into the light. True it is that charity covereth a multitude of sins, as saith Solomon, and that it behoveth us to be patient and to bear with many infirmities. For it is not meet that we should defame one another, as diverse do, who instead of warning those whom they see to offend, fall to sowing abroad of news, so as the streets and the market-places are all full of them, yea, and they do so enhance the matter, that of small escapes they make deadly crimes. Therefore when St. Paul biddeth us discover men, it is not meant that we should defame one another after that manner, but that the wretched man, which had his eyes blindfolded by Satan, should be made to perceive his own misery and naughtiness, that he might be ashamed of it, and that the woman which had given over herself to all unchastity might be made to recover some honesty and to return again into the right way, by being put to shame in having her faults and vices laid afore her. The manner then of discovering is not to backbite one another, or to taunt and upbraid one another by this and that, and to play the hypocrites who will strain at a gnat and swallow up an ox or a sheep at a morsel, that is to say which will make conscience in very small and light matters, and not see a number of great enormities which they suffer to pass hard by their noses without being any whit offended at them. We must not do so, 
But when we see the mischief fed and increased by our unfaithfulness, let us provide for it, and let every man be compelled to think better upon himself and upon his vices, that he may amend them. This, in effect, is the carefulness which St. Paul enjoineth us here, and it is the very means to rid away the plagues that Satan would have maintained still by silence and dissimulation. Therefore, whensoever we perceive any impostune lying hid, let us beware that the matter settle not so long within till the disease become incurable, but let us purge it out of hand, and let admonitions serve as it were for lances, and letting of blood, and for such other means and helps to take away the rotten matter that might mar and infect the whole body. And so ye see in effect how we ought to put this doctrine in your Now hereupon St. Paul inferreth that therefore our Lord Jesus Christ, in all the doctrine of the gospel, speaketh to them that are fallen asleep in their sins, and to such as are as good as dead, to the intent they should wake and rise up. And so shall we be enlightened by him. Now we have here to remember first of all that Jesus Christ doth then raise us from the dead when he calleth us to the faith and bringeth us into the hope of salvation. And that is to the intent we should perceive our state the better, for we see how men soothe and glorify themselves. Although there be nothing in them but utter confusion, yet notwithstanding, they will needs put out their horns like sails to vaunt themselves, as it were, in despite of God and nature. Now the scripture saith we be dead. We may well have some resemblance of life before we be converted to the faith of Jesus Christ. However, that life is but death before God. And that is the cause why it is said in St. John, The hour is come, that all they which hear the voice of the Son of Man shall live though they be dead, and shall pass from death to life. Jesus Christ speaks not there of the visible death, nor of the resurrection which we hope for at the latter day. But he showeth us how we have already a preparative of the second rising again, when God reneweth us, and giveth us a spiritual life. For we can do nothing but evil, as hath been declared heretofore. And St. Paul also useth the same phrase of speech, namely that we be dead to Godward. Following the same matter here, he showeth us that the whole drift of the gospel is that we should rise from the dead. For as long as we be strangers to God, who is the wellspring of life, where are we but in such a dungeon, as it had been better for us never to have been born? But we must wake, for one part of our death is this blockishness, wherein we be, according as I declared heretofore, that we be so corrupted aforehand, even from our mother's womb, as we can find no savour in well-doing, and that we be stark blinded in our wicked lusts, and the devil driveth us, and thrusteth us forward in such wise, that as long as God giveth us the bridle, we can do nothing but grub down to the bottom of hell, to sink ourselves the deeper in it. Now be we once come to that point, there is no more sorriness, as St. Paul said afore, there is nothing but such stubbornness as God is nothing with us, neither have we any more feeling or perseverance of our sins. That is the cause why he saith here that we must awake, because we be in a deadly sleep until God stir us up, and make us perceive what we be, that we may abhor our sins and return unto him. So then, the entrance of life and salvation is that God visiteth us with his grace, whereas we were as dead wretches, and had nothing in us but utter corruption. Mark that for one point. Secondly, let us mark that besides the naughtiness which is in us, there is also so great a hardness and willfulness, as God must be fain to wake us, as it were by force, that we may have some feeling of our vices to mislike them. True it is that this is done chiefly when God calleth us, and pulleth us out of the confusion wherein we were. But yet must every Christian continue therein all the time of his life, for we shall never be so thoroughly awake, 
but that we shall have need of God's stirring up of us still, according as ye shall see some folk so heavy asleep, that even when their clothes are on, and when they be up upon their feet, they go reeling still, and be, as it were, half in a slumber, until they stretch forth themselves, and set their hands to some busyness, and they be so heavy and dumpish, that they still slumber even waking. Even so is it with us, for although our Lord Jesus Christ have done us the grace to draw us back from death and to quicken us by his Holy Spirit and by his word, yet shall we still feel ourselves slothful and sluggish, so as he must be fain to waken us still. And therefore we have need to be exhorted every day, yea, and to have our ears beaten early and late, as though Jesus Christ cried out shrill and loud unto us, What do ye, ye wretched souls? Whereat look ye? Though we heard such warnings without ceasing, yet should we not be so thoroughly awake as were needful. Now then, we see what St. Paul meant to declare in this strain, namely that, look what we feel through God's goodness in ourselves, we should put the same in ewer towards our neighbours. Now our Lord Jesus Christ hath raised us from the dead, and he wakeneth us daily from the dead sleep wherewith we be so drowsy, and that is to the end that we should afterward wake up others that one sleep, and endeavour to draw those to life which are as poor dead men. Furthermore, whereas he saith, and Jesus Christ will enlighten thee, it is not meant that we can rise up and awake of our own power, and that our Lord Jesus Christ doth afterwards add his grace. He meaneth nothing so, but the effect of his intent is that we shall be enlightened by Jesus Christ. And after what manner? Not only as though we were but in some dark place, saith St. Paul, and had need of a candle, as in the night time. For though a man see not very clear, yet if he have but some glimmering of light whether it be of moon or of stars or of anything else, he will have an aim to say, here is such a door or gate, and here is such a path or way. And as a man's eyes are not utterly unprofitable when he goes by night, how dark soever it be. But our Lord Jesus Christ enlighteneth us after a much more wondrous manner. For we be not only in the dark, but also stark blind. The remedy, therefore, which the Son of God bringeth us by teaching us the doctrine of the gospel, is that he giveth us our sight again. For our eyes are picked out by the sin of our first father Adam, who would needs see to clear vaingloriousness, did so carry him away, that he would needs discern between good and evil more than was lawful for him. But instead of having greater light, he became brutish, and we with him, insomuch that all of us continue blind. Now, therefore, we had need to have our eyes restored us again, and to have God's Spirit to serve us instead of eyes. Mark that for one point. Again in this world there is nothing but dark dullness, yea, and that so thick, that we wot not how to step one pace without stumbling, or without straying out of our way. Therefore it standeth us on hand to be guided, and that our Lord Jesus Christ show us the way. This it is that St. Paul declareth to us here, and how our Lord Jesus enlighteneth us, namely, not only that we be dim-sighted, and that he helpeth us, and supplieth the want that is in us, but also that we be stark blind, yea, and dead, and finally even in the pit of hell, like as when a corpse is laid in the grave, men may well bring candles and torches to it, but it seeth never the more for all that. So then our Lord Jesus imparteth his light unto us, not to make us see more clearly than we did afore, but to give us our whole eyesight new again, because we be stark blind. Now then, seeing that Jesus Christ speaketh after this manner, and continueth day by day in wakening us, and in making us to see clearer and clearest, Ought we not to follow his example, and to hold back our neighbours as much as we can, when we see them straying to their destruction? This is the pith of the things that are showed us here. Now, feeling that our Lord Jesus setteth himself 
forth an example and pattern, needs must we be too barbarous and savage if we be not touched with it. And how? The Son of God hath not only vouchsafed to do his office in enlightening us, and to show us the way of salvation, and to waken us from the deadly sleep wherewith we were overwhelmed, but also, when he hath enlightened us, he will have us to serve as lamps for others to follow, that we may show the way, so as he will have us, after a sort, to execute the one half of his office. Seeing then that the Son of God hath done us such honour, if we for all this do thrust his light under foot, and neither do good to ourselves, nor to other men with it, is it not too heinous a treachery? Again, if we imagine ourselves to be discharged of our duty, when every of us doth for his own part refrain from doing evil, and in the meantime let others go to destruction, so as we have neither care nor willingness to remedy the matter, when we see the devil hail them after him, to everlasting death, must we not needs perceive therein that we do God great wrong and injury in holding his light choked after that fashion, and in betraying our neighbours by suppressing so the benefit which should serve to the everlasting salvation of their souls? Ye see then that we shall be always blameworthy both before God and man, unless we follow the thing that is showed us here by our Lord Jesus Christ, and bear this doctrine always in our hearts, to put it in your namely, that they which call themselves Christians, and will be so taken, must therewithal be as trumpeters, to waken such as are asleep, and as guides, to direct such as go astray, and to bring them into the right way, which were wandered out of four. After that manner, say I, must we all deal and continue in so doing, until we be come to the happy meeting when our Lord Jesus Christ shall call us all to him, to put us in possession of the inheritance which he hath purchased for us. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgment of our faults, praying him to make us perceive them more and more, and in any wise not to suffer us to fall asleep, like wretched infidels, but that forasmuch as it is his will that our life should be as one continual day, wherein he giveth us not the sun to enlighten us only for a time, so as night should afterwards come upon us, but guideth and governeth us himself, both night and day. We may take such profit thereby, as he suffer us not to return to darkness again, after he hath so enlightened us, but keep us still waking, to go through in the holy calling whereto he hath called us, and to follow the way which he showeth us, so as we may call others to us, to run all together unto him, as he calleth us, until we be fully come thither, that it may please him to grant this grace not only to us, but also to all people and nations of the earth, etc., End of Sermon 36